Hey, and welcome to Career Combos and Coffee. I'm your host, Gopal Singh. And with me today is Kevin Karshnik, founder of Key Points 3. Hey, Kevin, welcome. Hey, Gopal. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited about our conversation. Yeah, today. same here. Uh, we know each other probably for about three or four years now. And I'm so excited to have you on here and, and just to hear more about Key Points 3 and, and Kevin Karshnik himself. Awesome. I'm so excited about this new journey that I'm on. And it's new because I just started my company right before the pandemic. It was January of 2020 and I needed a change and I decided that I wanted to focus on positivity. When somebody asked me, what am I doing today? I say, I am a positivity expert and an expert in communication and leadership. And I want to help leaders specifically become more positive in how they lead their organizations And so all the workshops that I teach, I have a very popular keynote and workshop called Positivity Under Pressure. It has been my best-selling and most popular session in the last two and a half years. And and people today are experiencing that, the pressure of work and the pressure of what's going on outside of work. And how do I balance all that and still become successful? And so that's one of my most popular sessions. And then everything around that, I've got a beating burnout session and a conflict strategies and a stress strategies and an agile leadership program that I focus on companies that want to really grow and develop their leaders. You know, when you say things like positivity and nurturing, it's, it's really those things that we need not not one time or two times but continuously right it's like feeding the fire and fueling your soul and fueling everything inside of you so you can just do great work well one of my favorite speakers and authors his name is zig ziglar and zig says motivation and positivity is a lot like bathing he says i recommend it daily yeah for sure (laughs) for sure well, tell me a little bit about your career journey. How how did it all start for you? I'm going to rewind 32 years. I graduated from the University of North Texas in 1990, and my first job was at Dell Computer in Austin, Texas. And I got my job by reaching out directly to Mr. Dell himself. And he had responded to an email on a system called Prodigy. And he put me in touch with HR and pretty much a slam dunk at that point to get hired when Michael Dell recommends you to the HR group. Super awesome to have that happen. And and I worked there for a year. I was in sales. I was answering 100 calls a day and and helping people purchase computers. And this is 32 years ago. Many of the phone calls involved asking me, how do I use this thing that I'm buying? And after responding numerous times to numerous customers, I had a brainstorm and said, I I think there's an opportunity to start a company here. So I called up my best friend. We've known each other since we were 10 years old. And I said, Russ, what about you and I starting a company to teach people how to use computers? And he says, "But, but we don't know how to do that. And I said, but we'll learn and we'll do it. And so we both left what we were doing and started a company called Future Tech Training. And it was about an eight year process and it was like drinking from a fire hose. It was everything that you have to do to build a business and not just learning how to sell, but you had to market. We had to learn the technology because we didn't know how to do that. We had to learn how to facilitate, how to present and we're 22 years old. 
So we had to think about the credibility that we had to establish, but people said, hey, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you know the technology, we're going to listen to you. Finance, that was really hard for me. Balance sheets, invoicing, collections, dealing with banks, eventually payroll once we had employees, customer service. And then as we grew, as we started to hire, I had to get really good at leadership. How do I lead people? And so it was drinking from a fire hose, learning all of the skills necessary. I don't I don't think there could have been a better education or a better experience for me than doing that for eight years. Yeah, really, you know, I, I've mentioned this on another episode. It's something that always pops into my head is just take a leap and learn to fly on the way down. <laughs> and I'm starting to see that there's a lot of things in life that's like that. I mean, it's it's like you just have to take that step forward. You do. You have to leave. And this is great advice for folks that are wanting to do that. And, and even sometimes within a company and they are scared to leave the position they're in to accept that next role or potentially to transition to something different. They have to leave their comfort zone. And we all get really comfortable in that comfort zone. But to get to the growth zone, we have to go through two other zones and, and see if you've experienced this. The, the other zone you have to leave when you leave the comfort zone is you have to go into what's called the fear zone. And, and there's uncertainty. There's, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if, if this is going to crash and burn. I, I might yeah. fail. Uh, and so you go through that and then you go through what's called the learning zone, which is now I'm a sponge. I'm absorbing all of this great information. And then you can land in that growth zone. So it's a journey from the comfort zone through the fear zone, through the learning zone to get to that growth zone. How has that helped you or how have you experienced that in your career? Oh my gosh, that's so true. I think even right now with this podcast and where we're heading, it's been actually the idea has been in my head for over two years. Uh, And if I look back, I can see that I was stuck in the fear zone for a while. And then it took me probably just some some really deep reflection to say what is causing me to stay here and it was that comfort zone the ideas were great in my head but there was a lot of work right and so i had to take that step had to put some action to the thoughts and and that's what's causing me over the last couple of months just to get started and then what you're right once you get into that learning zone you are a sponge 24 7 you're learning um it's been an incredible journey it's only been probably about two months of of preparing and planning and script writing and um working with social media and and just trying to put everything together um but it has been an incredible journey and looking back Staying in the fear zone, you can only do it for so long. There's an expiration date in there. And so you have to be able to step out of there or it's just going to be great ideas. That was just a thought. One of the exercises that I've done throughout my life is I picture my 90th birthday. And at my 90th birthday, you get to look back at your life and say, what all have I done and what all would have I wanted to say I've done? And when I say, I want to write a book, I wanted to start a company. I want to, as you start filling in those blanks, and then you say, well, all right, like today I'm 53 years old. What do I need to do to start checking off some of those boxes to make sure that I've done all those things? And I've written one book. I've started now my third company, and I have one more book in me. I know I've got at least one more. And and so I start to think about all those. So that's what really, I'll be honest with you, moves me out of the comfort zone because it is scary. 
but it moves me out to say, I don't want to live a life that was unfulfilled. So that at the end of my life, I can have somebody say, good job, good and faithful yeah, servant. Yeah, for sure. I, I like what you said there. I think it's it's important to put a checklist and a plan um, to the, the things that you're thinking about doing. You just have to do it and then going one step at a time. And, and it is really, it's amazing that you and Russ, you know, so many years ago just stepped out. And I think you're doing that now again and again. I mean, it, it's it's amazing to watch you um, just just do it naturally. It's encouraging for me and for our listeners to hear that once you step out there, things will continue to move forward. Yeah, you wouldn't want to go back and do it any other way. And and again, let's let's have full transparency here. The first time we did it, we were 22 years old. I didn't have a whole lot to yeah. lose. I was walking away from a thirty thousand dollar a year job to start something. And my very first year in business with Russ, we each made $8,000. So yes, it was a pretty big drop, but we didn't have mortgages. We didn't have car payments. And and so we had very limited expenses in terms of what we had to do. And, and so that was easy. The second time was much harder. We sold that business in 1998. And then fast forward a few years, we both took jobs. I worked at a startup company. Then I worked at Dell again. And then in 2005, we left those jobs again. This was hard. Now we were married. Now we had kids. And um, and, and leaving now a, a job where you were making good money and you were making mortgage payments and car payments and you putting your kids through school, that was a much tougher sell to my wife to say, "Hun, I'm leaving this job, the security, the comfort zone to go and start another venture. Yeah. And so that was a hard sale there. But again, it was one of those things where that 90th birthday exercise was what drove me. I said, I- I'm not done yet. I-, I go running that business was just really step one. Step two was what I wanted to do. And, and it was getting into more of what I call soft skills or power skills. Yeah. And we said, we've been teaching people for eight years how to use technology. What we had done was I would say on average 200 classes a year I would, ta- I would have taught. So I had taught eight years times 200, I've taught over 1600 classes. I think I got pretty good at facilitating and presenting. And so Russ and I said, let's do this again. And this time let's teach people how to facilitate and how to present. So the name of our company was called I Speak. And we started that and launched that officially full time in 2005. And we were focusing on the same workshops, focusing on the same clients, corporate corporations and then teaching them how to present better, facilitate better, how to think on their feet, tell stories and everything that we have to do in the business yeah. world. So that was for me the next 15 years of my wow. career. Incredible, incredible. Well, this is the time now that we're calling what's in your cup. Here's where we talk about coffee for a minute. So what I'm sipping today, I got from World Market and it's called Ethiopian Mocha Java. So this was pretty strong. Like I went into this thinking that it was just going to be a normal cup of coffee. It was incredibly strong. I don't know what happened when I drank that first cup, but I felt like I wasn't going to be able to sleep for three weeks. <laughs> this coffee is pretty incredible. It's, it's, uh, it's got citrus notes of Ethiopia combined with a mellow spice-laced body of java beans. And it's a flavor profile that's been made popular for centuries. So 
is pretty good, um, but I'll, I'm going to take it easy the next time I try this one. Um, you might have to blend it. I say you might have to be a blend with some of your yeah. other favorite coffees, because I, I heard on one of your previous and one of my favorite coffees is that San Antonio blend. And so maybe taking that San Antonio blend that's got that chocolate and the vanilla and the cinnamon and, and blending it with that Ethiopian uh, coffee might yeah, be the I way to go. I think you're on to something there, because that San Antonio HEB blend is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. But tell me a little bit about your coffee journey and what you're drinking. Yeah, my go-to morning coffee is Dunkin' Donuts. I just, I love Dunkin' Coffee. I know there's some folks that are going to go Starbucks. Uh, I'm yeah. a Dunkin' guy. And the original blend for me, it's that smooth, medium roast coffee. And for me, it's just a splash of some cream, not a lot. I don't do sugar. And that's my morning go-to coffee. And and, and if I'm, you know, as I'm getting a little older and I'm having to deal with that caffeine kick that you just talked about, I, I like to blend it with some regular and some decaf so I can get to that half nice. calf that I'm gonna gonna go to, uh, to go to go to my busy busy nice. day with. Nice. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, if you could go back in time and talk to Kevin, like what what's some advice that you would give him? And and this applies to our listeners as well as they're thinking about if there's um, those of you out there that are thinking about starting your own business or taking a step into the unknown, like what are some of those things that you would you would say? Well, we talked about leaving your comfort zone, and that's definitely a big part of it. And you, you've got to have a bit of fearlessness in you to be able to take these journeys. I, I also would say it's a lot of planning. That when I tell folks who want to become an entrepreneur, I say it is about an 18-month journey to get to a place where you'll make the same amount of money that you were making when you left your job. And I'm absolutely seeing that happen in this business. My, and just being, you know, well, you know, total transparency here that my first year in business with my new company, I'd made just a little over $50,000. And that wasn't nearly what I was used to making for the previous 20 years and, and not nearly enough to make all the bills. So luckily knowing and taking my own advice, I'd set aside money. So my wife and I would dip into that to say, all right, what did we bring in this month? About 5,000. Let's supplement that with what we need to make all of the rest of the payments and to continue moving forward with life as right. normal. So plan that emergency fund with about 18 months. And, and then it's a lot of hard work going into that. So I think that's yeah. part of it. Another big aspect to this is making sure that you find something that you love and something that you're passionate about, but it's only one component because I know people who are real passionate about certain things, but they might not be any good at it. I don't know if you've seen people like that. It's like, wow, I'm really passionate. I, I might be really passionate about singing, but you would never want to see me up on stage singing because I'm not any good at it. So you've got to be passionate, but you've got to be good at it as well. So there's a skill aspect right. to it. Now those are two pieces. And then there's a third piece is, is there a market for that? Is, is somebody going to pay you what you need to live on to be able to do that? And those three pieces. So if you think about, I've got yeah. skill, I've got a market out there for me and I've got passion around it. This is known as your Ikigai, your reason for being. And if you can find your Ikigai, then you are definitely going to be headed down that right path. So those are a couple of my initial thoughts when you ask yeah. that question. What do you, what do you, what do I think? I like that. I've heard that? that term before and it's, it's really a lot of self-exploration 
that's attached to that. And it's a great way to look at your skills and your passion and opportunity. So yeah, sometimes we have it backwards. We try to look at a job or a position uh, and and just try to make it work when you should be doing the opposite. You should be having some time. And especially I transitioned out of the military a few years ago and part of my journey was to do some self-reflection and it was really helpful because I was able to ask myself those questions. And for those of you that are listening, um, it's tough to do because you're used to always knowing the next step, but you have to really get to know yourself again. You have to set everything aside, just have that time to dig deep, answer those questions. And, And I think that's how Ikigai happens. I think that's when you do that, you'll discover the the answers that you're looking for. And then you can go look for those companies and then you can create a business and then you can look at meeting the needs of others. I think it's 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 a nice connection when you have that self-reflection in there. That helped me over the last couple of years. No doubt. And it doesn't have to be starting your own business. I, I tell folks it's not right. for everybody. There's a lot of stress and there's sometimes there's not a lot of vacation time and there's not a lot of work-life balance, especially during those first couple of years when you're getting things ramped up. And so maybe it's not for everybody, but maybe you, as you think about and explore your new career or a new job, or you're thinking about making a transition, ask yourself, what am I good at? What is it that I really love to do? And what is it? What What is that amount? When is enough enough? And to be able to say, you know what? I don't need to be making these high dollars that you read about. That That's not always my goal. My goal is what is going to make me happy in terms of the house that I live in, the car that I drive and the experiences that I have with my kids and my family and my wife, that, that that's the most important thing. And so maybe what is that number for me in terms of that and, and help that down our path? Because there's, there's nothing worse than getting 20 years into a career to only realize that you're yeah. stuck, that I, I'm so good at what I do and I get paid really well for what I do, but that missing piece of, I don't have any passion. Yeah that could really lead to yeah. burnout for a lot of folks. And there's a lot of different definitions of burnout, but burnout could could just simply be, I don't enjoy what I'm doing anymore. Burnout could also come back to, as you start to do this discovery, is I'm not aligned with my Ikigai. There's something that's out of balance. And I, I definitely found that for me, or maybe it's even your core values. As you start to think about what is it that is important to me? What drives me? What makes me who I am? That when you start to figure all that out, start to do that self-discovery. And, and I would highly recommend understanding your core values, understanding your strengths. There's some great assessments like StrengthsFinder 2.0. Yeah. Understand your weaknesses or your blind spots. There's a, an assessment that I use in one of my workshops called Saboteurs from Positive Intelligence. And you start to identify all this stuff and say, all right, these are the things that I need to be focusing on. And, and for me, that ultimately drove me to leave the company that I started. We built up a multi-million dollar training company at iSpeak. And yet I felt compelled to leave after 15 years, 16 years, because my guy right. was off. I was really good at what I did, was making a lot of money, but the passion had fallen off. And I said, I, I need to get re-energized. Uh, I really need to find something that is going to light that spark again and, and light that fire. And, and I yeah. found it by heading down and focusing on positivity and I leadership. Love that. And, I, and I think it shows up differently too when your ikigai is off and you know it subconsciously, yep. right? I've heard somewhere that you spend a third of your life at work 
And if you're putting all of this energy into something that that doesn't align with who you are, you've literally wasted a third of your life. Um, it's not, it may not be wasted, right? You're, you may still be doing things that are worthwhile and matter, but to you, you you could have been doing something different. And so that's all this. Yeah, that's. I think that's what's important is making sure that you're aligned with those things. And then it's just natural. The things that you do every day just feels more natural. Um, so quick shout out to uh, Russ and Dara and the crew over at iSpeak. Um, it's just incredible to work with you guys over the last couple of years. Um, and Kevin, I'm, I'm really excited about all the workshops that you're offering and that the success that you're having. I think there's a real need to um, really align our work to positivity and working in such a way uh, where we're refreshed during the journey. It's not this thing that leads to burnout and depression and frustration. No doubt. I mean, 100% agree with that. And again, it doesn't have to be a journey of being an entrepreneur. It could be within a corporation. And I call it an intrapreneur. Huh. And, and, it, and an intrapreneur is somebody that within the company is able to provide those same types of skills and tap into that and really help an organization grow. And, and so maybe that's the journey and maybe yeah. that's the path. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a that's a great conversation. Well, we may have a twofer on here. We may have to do another episode where we talk about career discovery and the career journey at your company and, and what you can do to really be fulfilled and, and help others around you. That is a wrap. Kevin Karshnik from Key Points 3 with us today, sharing all of this great wisdom. Kevin, so nice to have you. Thanks for, for joining us today. Uh, we'll go ahead and link your information in the podcast description uh, where folks can find out more about you. So thanks again. And uh, stay tuned, folks, for the next episode of Career Convos and Coffee.